you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey there, everybody. It is Monday, September 12, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. With me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. Hey, we got the specialist behind the camera. Ooh! All right. Oh, you guys are hungover from, uh, I guess, the first Sunday. <laughs> it's very much so week one Monday. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a Monday week one hangover sort of thing after, like, gorging ourselves on football. <laughs> but uh, I guess I should take this opportunity to remind you, it is still not too late to sign up for NFL Fantasy, it is free, it is easy. You can download the NFL Fantasy app or go to fantasy.nfl.com. I know there's still one more game to be played uh, this week coming up on Monday night. Uh, but uh, so far, how are your lineups uh, looking this week? So far, so good. I mean, I, I'm not going to go undefeated when you play in that many leagues. That's that's not going to happen. But uh, I felt really good with a lot of my uh, lineups in week one. Yeah, same. I am winning more than I am losing this week, so that's a plus. That's always the uh, goal. It's always the goal, right? <laughs> and then I uh, found a couple of nice sleepers. Thank you to Gerald Everett for sliding in nicely uh, after I had to replace George Kittle on Sunday in a few places. So uh, that was very good. We got plenty to talk about on the show today. We will go through some of the top performers of week one. I guess the underperformers as well. Uh, we'll play Real or Mirage. And because it's week one, uh, we will have an episode of Overreaction Theater. But first, let's start with some news headlines because there were definitely some big ones uh, coming up on Sunday. The biggest one, Dak Prescott. Uh, will undergo surgery on his throwing hand, expected to miss multiple weeks. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, the operation is to repair a fracture in the thumb on his throwing hand. He suffered it during the loss to the Buccaneers on Sunday night. So obviously this means no Dak. Cooper Rush is the next man up for the Cowboys. 
you're not you're not picking up Cooper Rush. Let's just get that out of the way. But in terms of C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, I, how much are we downgrading them, if at all, right now? I, I think you definitely have to downgrade them. Dalton Schultz was the one like bright spot for the Cowboys last night. I would say nine targets, seven catches, sixty-two yards. Uh, C.D. Lamb, you love the volume. Like that's why I, I was pumping him up all summer because the volume that he was going to get. Eleven targets in Week One. That is amazing. Two catches, 29 yards, not not so much. Uh, and, and we saw this two years ago when Dak got hurt and missed that season. Andy Dalton was their backup. And, like, Amari Cooper became a wide receiver three-ish. CeeDee Lamb was, like, wide receiver. And they were boomer bust. Like, so I, I, I think there's a really good chance that this Cowboys offense becomes – Pretty gross until Dak Prescott returns. So yeah, I, you know, it's funny. We're going to talk about this probably when we get a little bit later on in the show, and uh, you know maybe the answer changes a little bit more now <laughs> versus what we thought last night watching it. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate I hate this for CD Lamb. I hate this for Dalton Schultz. I love both of those guys, but it is going to be hard to rely on them as top line players at their respective positions. I think you know your best case scenario now is C.D. Lamb is a wide receiver too, but even that seems dubious with Cooper Rush there considering how hard it was for the Cowboys to get him the ball last night with Dak Prescott. Uh, maybe Dalton Schultz sort of still maintains at least some level of viability just because tight end generally is volatile outside of the top three or four guys there. And even, you know, even Kyle Pitts had a rough day on Sunday yeah. as well. Um, the running backs, though, we saw Zeke get a lot of opportunity. I think he played two more snaps than Tony Pollard. Both those guys sort of rotated in. And there were times where they were both on the field together last night. Um, does either one of those guys benefit? Does neither of them benefit? What happens with the running backs? Uh, I, I came away from last night not feeling as great about the running backs because what we saw was, like, early on, like you said, they were being utilized. And Zeke ran well. Like, like he averaged five yards per carry. But this offense struggled to put up points, and then they fell behind, and then they just completely abandoned the run. So I, I think that is something you have to be a little fearful of as well. And it's not like, you know, like it, with the Jets, like, okay, yeah, they're a bad team with a backup quarterback right now, but their top targets were their running backs because Joe Flacco's going to do that. Pollard and Zeke combined had four targets last night. So I, I don't see right now how – you could come away from this feeling better about those guys. I think maybe you come away from I, – I think Pollard took a bigger hit last night than Zeke did, um, but still both of those guys, I, I think they're, they're – at the very best, their value is still down a little bit from what it was coming into the season. I think what happens is defenses load up the box and they say, Cooper Rush, it's your chance to beat us. And I don't know if Cooper Rush is going to beat a whole lot of teams uh, while he's the starting quarterback there in Dallas. Uh, over to the 49ers, it was not a great day for them. Uh, they end up losing a game on the road in the rain to the Chicago Bears. Trey Lance was up and down. But maybe the biggest news, at least for our purposes, Elijah Mitchell left that game with a knee injury. We're still sort of waiting to hear the severity of it. But the fact that he was ruled out fairly quickly does not necessarily bode well. Um for you, is it as simple as saying, go get Jeff Wilson now? Yeah, I think Jeff Wilson should be one of the top waiver wire targets this week because of this role. Like yesterday, nine carries, two targets for him after Elijah Mitchell got hurt. But we've seen this happen in the past. I mean, it's been years now where Jeff Wilson has kind of been the Niners number two. And when the starter gets hurt, he can get you 15 to 20 touches in, in a week. And you want exposure to that 49ers offense. So I, I definitely I know we're going to talk waiver wire names later. I, I didn't put him on the list because we want to get as many names as possible. But Jeff Wilson Jr. should be one of the top running back targets this week on the waiver wire, I think. And then. If you're in a deeper league, would, would you be adding one of their backup running backs? Because we have seen in the past, Jeff Wilson, when he's the guy, he has struggled to stay healthy as well at times. Right. I That was why in drafts, I took a lot of shots at Tyrion Davis-Price. I, I, I drafted TDP not expecting early in the season to get a whole lot of return out of him, figuring it was something that would come down the road. Maybe it happens earlier than expected. Like I said, we're still waiting to see what the prognosis is for Elijah Mitchell, how much time he may miss, if at all. But uh, for now, it is what it is. The 49ers look like they're going to be back to using multiple running backs. And, and TDP was 
inactive in week yes. one uh, mm-hmm. for another running back. But I, I think that ha- for Jordan Mason, he did not play a single snap on offense. I, I think that has to do more with, like, special teams and stuff. I do expect, like, next week I'm, I'm thinking TDP will be the number two. I would think so. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, news out of Pittsburgh. Najee Harris was seen leaving the stadium after the game against the Bengals in a walking boot. That was sort of concerning. But then as the day went on, the reports were the Steelers don't seem very concerned about it. It doesn't seem like it's a major injury. So uh, should we be really worried? Should we be making a move? Or do we just hold tight until we get more news here? I, I think if I have Najee Harris, I'm picking up Jalen Warren just in case. I, I think you want that pivot option in case Najee misses time, uh, whether it be a week or how. We don't know. Um, if I don't have Najee, I, I'm not as bullish to get Warren because we don't really know just yet. Like, if it comes out before you set your waivers that Najee Harris is going to miss time, then I think Warren shoots to the top of the list. But if we don't really know, there's some other running backs that I would be more interested in. And I think even, like, for me, it would have to be him missing a significant amount of time. If they're yeah. saying, hey, look, he's week to week, he'll probably be back in week three, I don't think i make that move for a guy that that is going to be a short-term option there. Uh, other news, and this happened uh, right next door to us, Keenan Allen went out of the game against the Raiders with a hamstring injury. And again, he was another one who went out, was ruled out of the game fairly quickly. The Chargers play on Thursday night, on Thursday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs. Allen expected to go undergo an MRI. But I would say right now, Florio, with this and the short week, it seems highly unlikely that he plays this week. Yeah, I, I do not expect him to be out there. And even if he is I would sit him in fantasy. We, we've seen this in the past. We were talking about it the other day. Like, he literally, I believe it was last year, tweeted, like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. Play me <laughs> in fantasy. And then he played, like, a very limited amount of snaps and put up no fantasy points. Like, it's just far too risky because even if he suits up, one, he could be on a snap count. He could be a decoy. Or two, with a hamstring, one little tweak and he's done. So, uh, I, I think if you have Keenan Allen, you should be hoping that he sits Thursday and he gets a full two weeks to recover and get back it's still very early in the season we're we're not worried about right I know we want to win every week but Mm -hmm. you want your players healthy for the season also if you're the Chargers you have a lot of other weapons you can go to I mean look I know Mike Williams didn't do much yesterday but he's there Josh Palmer is there DeAndre Carter was making plays for them as well so they have other places to go with the ball Super Bowl aspirations if we're being honest like they're they're not worried about I know it's a huge game against the Chiefs that but like they're they're worried about January, February. They're not worried about September. You're not sacrificing January for September, basically, at this point. Uh, All right, so those are the headlines there. That gets us to things that we learned, one of the big takeaways we pulled out of what we saw through the action on Sunday and uh, what popped into your head watching football this week. I I think the Atlanta Falcons offense is going to be a lot better for fantasy purposes than a lot of us thought. Uh, Coming into the year, A lot of people thought that the Atlanta Falcons were the worst team in football, arguably. And people were saying stuff like, but Marcus Mariota is their quarterback. Yeah, well, Marcus Mariota was a top 10 quarterback in week (laughs) one. because Not because he threw for 215 yards and no touchdowns, but because he rushed 12 times for 72 yards and a touchdown. And then Cordero Patterson, 22 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown there. Those two, it was great to see both of those guys basically be the entire ground game for the Falcons. And then I know Kyle Pitts disappointed, but there's going to be better days for Kyle Pitts. And in his debut, Drake London tied Pitts with the team lead in targets, had five catches, 74 yards. I think those four players, Marcus, are going to be uh, useful fantasy pieces. And Mariota, I, I think, is going to be a streaming option because of what he gives you with his legs. I don't I don't see Marcus Mariota being any worse than, say, a Ryan Tannehill, right? I mean, I, I think he'll be better. He might be better than Ryan Tannehill. But, the, you know, like, we don't look at the Titans offense and say, man, Ryan Tannehill's really yeah. dragging this whole operation <laughs> down. So I don't think we should feel that way about Marcus Mariota. Uh, for me, I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks, the Saquonissance, it is on. It is officially on we saw that happen on Sunday Saquon Barkley one of the top scorers across fantasy 194 total scrimmage yards found his way into the end zone but more importantly he looked explosive he looked like the Saquon we saw when he first came out of Penn State and got to the New York Giants we saw him take a couple of handoffs get around the corner outrun most of the defense I mean just this big run right here where he just bursts through the hole gets deep down the sideline he scores the touchdown late in the game that helps the Giants come from behind and end up winning the football game look I I know everybody's worried about the injury concerns, but that that applies to literally every Mm -hmm. player in the league. 
what I kept saying the whole time is if Saquon stays healthy, it looks like the burst is back. It looks like he's ready to be the Saquon that we fell in love with originally. And week one just seems like kind of the tip of the spear for him. Yeah, and, and you, the burst and everything that, that I noticed as well. What I also noticed was like on that the go-ahead two-point conversion, mm-hmm. he literally ran through three defenders. Like he did not have that ability late last year. Like you would get him and he'd go down. He was just very banged up and now he's healthy and a healthy Saquon Barkley is as good as Jonathan Taylor, as good as Christian McCaffrey in fantasy football. I mean, look, there's a range of outcomes where maybe he challenges to be the number one running back he, overall. He His target share is, was was top 10 yeah. in week one. Yeah. And he's insane. a running back. He's a running back. <laughs> I mean, remember, he caught 90 passes his rookie year, so it's certainly possible that he could do that again. He, he has Christian McCaffrey-type uh, upside when he is healthy. There's still one more game to be played, but here are your top performers so far in Week 1. Patrick Mahomes. Apparently, there's no concern with him throwing the football. 360 passing yards, five touchdowns, 34.9 fantasy points. We talked about the Saquonisants. Barkley finishes with 33.4 points in Week 1. Justin Jefferson, I think he's going to be all right. Nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. There were moments when it looked like the Packers had zero clue of where he was on the field. He also could have had a much bigger game. Like He had a (laughs) near touchdown where he just missed getting his foot in on a long one. Insane. Uh, But 39.4 fantasy points for him. Travis Kelsey, 8 for 121 and a touchdown, 26.1 fantasy points. Youngway Koo was your top kicker. The Falcons falconed again, uh, unfortunately. But uh, he had 18 fantasy points, and the Steelers' defense got you 24. Uh, They had to go to overtime to win, but they harassed that. The heck out of Joe Burrow uh, in yeah. week one. Let's go back, though, and some of the other guys maybe that didn't make our list here, that, that full screen graphic. Carson Wentz ended up having a really good day. I had sort of said as a bold prediction, semi-tongue-in-cheek that he would be a top 10 fantasy quarterback because maybe he's taking out a little revenge on the Jaguars. But at least for one week, he played well. He, he played really well. I mean, he scored 27 fantasy points. And, and what stood out to me was – like, he spread the ball out very much so. Like, he threw 41 times, uh, but Antonio Gibson had eight targets. Curtis Samuel had a team-high 11 targets, eight catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the thing I didn't love was Terry McLaurin, four targets. He did catch a long touchdown uh, in Scary Terry fashion. And then the the rookie Dotson there, five targets, three catches, two touchdowns. So I, I think right now... Samuel should be a, a target on the waiver wire. Dotson should be a target on the waiver wire. I still think Terry is someone that you start right now. Antonio Gibson is trending up. It's one week, but it, you have to come away, I think, feeling much better about the the Panther, the passing game with the Commanders than we did coming into the season. I think you do. I mean, just the number of weapons they have. And, and the, the key is going to be Wentz. And the thing about him is that he tends to run hot and cold. He was hot on Sunday yeah. against the Jaguars. There are going to be weeks where he looks like the Carson Wentz that makes you want to punch your television screen. Uh, for at least for this week, but he was he was the good Carson Wentz. So hopefully that's a thing we can kind of keep going forward with. But uh, I do think the wide receivers are going to be guys that we really need to pay attention to yeah. all year long. Speaking of wide receivers, I know we were both fans of Michael Pittman coming into the year, and it was a good start. 21 fantasy points for him. He looks like the entirety of the Colts passing game, at least at least the entirety of the wide receiver core. Um, he's going to get a ton of targets because I don't know where else Matt Ryan's going to go with the ball. Yeah, in week one, 13 targets, nine catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. And that touchdown was a grown man. Like, they were just like, he caught the ball, broke a tackle, got in. He is by far their top option. And I think what didn't help, was Alec Pierce dropping a touchdown. Uh, another receiver there dropped one earlier in the game. And it's like, all right, Matt Ryan's like, I can't trust you guys. I'm going to throw literally double the amount of targets Michael Pittman's way that opposed to the rest of you. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, the volume is definitely going to help. Um, hopefully defenses don't start to focus on Michael Pittman and try to take him away. I I, I know, and like I have him in my leagues. I think I would be trying – I know he played great. I would still be trying to trade for him right now if the person who has him doesn't value him as a wide receiver one because I think he's going to be a wide receiver one with Matt Ryan. I I think he is because, like I said, I don't know where else they're going to go with the football consistently. You know, Naheem Hines will get his targets, what have you. But but in terms of getting downfield, there's just really nobody else there in Indianapolis. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I will admit to for the second year in a row, maybe – 
underestimating DeAndre Swift. And for the second year in a row, he's going to make me look foolish. But uh, 175 total yards. He had a touchdown as well, 26 and a half fantasy points. Uh, I'll admit it. I'm I'm going to stop underestimating DeAndre Swift now. I, I, I liked Swift, but I didn't like him as much as the Swifties or, or what do we call them? <laughs> I guess. Is that, that, I mean, I don't know. Will, will the Taylor Swift fans get mad at us if we call them call ourselves Swifties? I'm going I'm calling them Swifties. That, doing that's it. their thing now. They they were put some people were pushing him up to be like a top five running back. I was like, I, I have him as an RB one. Can't get that high. But I, I will say there was one big concerning thing yesterday mm-hmm. Two. Goal line touchdowns went to Jamal Williams, and it wasn't like it was like all right, let's spell Deon, uh, DeAndre Swift. Like it looked kind of by design, like he was their goal line back, and that uh, could be an attempt to keep DeAndre Swift healthy. The, the Lions don't care about our fantasy teams; they care about <laughs> keeping their players intact. And Swift is someone who has struggled to stay healthy in his career. But for fantasy purposes, it is a at least a bit concerning seeing that. It definitely is, and you know. I would say this last year, that was part of why I was sort of fading DeAndre Swift because I thought Jamal Williams was going to have a big role, especially down near the goal line. That never really materialized, but now I do wonder whether or not that's going to come into play this year. But in the meantime, if Swift is doing work all over the field the way he was, if he finds a way to score touchdowns, uh, maybe that concern is going to be overblown. I guess the other part of it is you know, will the Lions continue to score all year long the way they scored on Sunday? We'll see, uh, but at least for one week, DeAndre Swift, the, the Swifties were right, and uh, he does look like a top five running back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and we were talking before the show, this is one I can't really wrap my head around, because by the numbers, it was a good fantasy day, 22.4 points, uh, he had 74 total yards, ended up with a couple of touchdowns, uh, both receiving touchdowns. It was hard to figure because he didn't get a lot of touches. It was a blowout in favor of the Chiefs, so it wasn't like they needed him all game long. We saw a lot of Isaiah Pacheco in the fourth quarter. So we're going to do real and Mirage a little bit later, but let's just do kind of a preliminary one. Was this real? Is this going to be CEH's life, or was this just like a really good first week? I, I think this is real, and, and I'm not just saying that because I told you before the show, him, him and Rashad Penny are my most drafted running backs <laughs> just because of the range they were going in. But one thing I, I, I we were talking about before the season started was like this was his first – normal healthy preseason he had like emergency gallbladder surgery last preseason and lost a bunch of weight and was never the same and having him on so many teams I was paying a close eye to this and early in the game before it really got well out of hand he was by far dominating the the touches in this backfield I love that they were using him near the goal line both of his receiving touchdowns came on goal-to-goal situations I believe and while he was only playing about 60 percent of the snaps early on that's enough for him, I think. Like, you don't want him being an 80% snap guy because then he's going to get hurt. So I do think, like, Pacheco and McKinnon will have roles, but if that is the way they're going to use CEH in the passing game near the goal line, I think he can have a really good year. Yeah, and, you know, I know that a lot of folks were off of him just because he was a disappointment the first couple of years in the league, and so that caused his ADP to fall. And maybe they have found the role for him. Maybe he is healthy now. Uh, and so maybe maybe we are turning a corner on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, you know, I didn't draft him in a whole lot of spots, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on him to see uh, to see what he can do, what he can be. All right, so mistakes were made. People will be blamed. We asked you for your biggest lineup mistakes in week one, the guys who disappointed you, and maybe uh, other places you could have pivoted to. So we got a handful of tweets that we will uh, dive into. Let's go to the first one. This one from No Limit Ivan saying, Trey Lance in bad weather conditions and Josh Jacobs over Mike Thomas, shaking my head. Look, I'm, I'm with you on Trey Lance. I thought he'd figure out a way to, to prosper. And I actually, I like Josh Jacobs too. So uh, I understand. But Mike Thomas, man, can't guard Mike. Looked like he was back this week. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry, but me and you were in on, on Mike Thomas yeah. this week. So I, I, I felt pretty good about that one. Josh Jacobs, one target. That is very concerning. That was disappointing. I really thought he'd get more carries, but I think some of it is the Chargers were scoring and they they had to go to the passing game, and it was a rough day for Derek Carr uh, in that passing game. Uh, Next one coming up, this one from Matthew, who says, starting Adam Thielen at my flex instead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We just talked about CEH. I didn't have high hopes for Adam Thielen this year, but I did think he'd get you more than the, what, two or three points or whatever it is he put up on Sunday. Yeah, and, and I know his quote after the game, he was like, I've never been in a part of an offense where it was just keep attacking, keep attacking downfield no matter the score. And I'm like, dude, they 
They weren't using you to attack. You were right. doing four <laughs> targets. It was it was all Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do wonder. I mean, we keep saying regression is coming for Adam Thielen, and the last couple of years he has thumbed his nose in our face. But I don't know. Maybe with Justin Jefferson like sucking up all the oxygen in the atmosphere, maybe regression really does come for, for Adam Thielen. He also prevented Irv from swerving. He did prevent Irv from <laughs> swerving. I'm not really down with that. Uh, this one from Randy. Uh, is this our own Randy? This is our own Randy. Producer Randy. Producer Randy. Started Travis Etienne Jr. in my RB2 slot, eight and a half points. Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't really know what to make of Travis Etienne. I was just all I can say is that James Robinson is real. I guess that was that's the takeaway for me. So James Robinson was way better than I ever <laughs> anticipated. And that could throw a, a big wrench into Travis Etienne. I will say this, Randy. I, I, I could actually look at Randy and speak with him. Uh, <laughs> Etienne was wide open in the first quarter for a, a touchdown. And Trevor Lawrence just launched it over his head. Mm-hmm. If he catches that touchdown, we're, we're feeling much better. It's about a different him today. day. It's yeah. an absolutely different day. Um, if he catches that touchdown. But uh, yeah, I think I think we were just all waiting to see what happens with James Robinson. And he Got a lot of opportunity, and he played really, really well. Yeah. So, uh, last one here. This one from Big Oz. Mooney in the flex over Patterson. I feel you on this one, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Darnell Mooney had, what, two targets? Cordero Patterson, you see that? 22 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. He's a bona fide running back, at least for this past week he was. But I'll say this. Be patient with Darnell Mooney. It will get better. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the two targets or whatever it was coming for him yesterday. I, 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 I'm going to chalk up everything that happened bad in that game to just, like, it was like a monsoon out there. Yeah. Like, Yeah, it was pretty bad at some point, especially in that fourth quarter. The rains came back, and it just, it just was a downpour there. So uh, I feel your pain. I understand it. I'm not going to say you did anything wrong. I understand the process. The results just didn't work out in your favor. So uh, better luck next time to all of you. Of course, there's still week two, so we can come back and uh, lick our wounds and repair and get better uh, going forward. Let's play a little real or mirage as we get ready to wrap up week one. So I got uh, four guys here who did things that were either better than expected or worse than expected. And we'll try to figure out whether this is going to be our life now on the up or on the down. Uh, let's start with Trey Lance because there was so much excitement, so much hype about Trey Lance, uh, not just as a real football player, but certainly as a fantasy football player. It wasn't great. Uh, 164 passing yards, had an interception, 54 rushing yards. That's not bad, certainly. Uh, but 9.96 fantasy points. This was not the Jalen Hurts, like just pencil him in for 20 that we were hoping it would be. You mentioned at the end of the last segment about the uh, it being monsoon conditions, the weather being awful. Uh, do we just chalk this up as, hey, this was a really rough day, or maybe did we overestimate who Trey Lance is? Uh, you you could say uh, I, this is because I'm a Trey Lance apologist, but I, I think this is mirage. Like, you couldn't ask for worse conditions for yesterday weather-wise. Um, he, he's first start as a new starter on the road and in a tough environment. Then you the weather we've already talked about. Then you take away George Kittle at the last minute as well. Then in the middle of the game, he loses his starting running back. I I think this was just a case of like everything that could have went wrong went wrong for Trey Lance. I think there will be much better days ahead. I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not willing to to you know close the book yet. I I feel like you know, for 49er fans and just for people watching football in general, this was sort of worst case scenario because you got Jimmy Garoppolo there. You got that whole narrative hanging over him and, you know, what happens. I mean, I've seen tweets of like, dude, the Niners pull the plug on Trey Lance. I'm like, that's not going to happen. And I don't think fantasy managers should pull the plug on him either. I mean, look, the 54 rushing yards, that's not a bad total. Um, you know, I think over the course of, you know, 17 games, that gets you pretty close to 1,000 yards on the season. So that's, that's not bad. Yes, we knew he was raw as a passer, but as you mentioned, the conditions, everything sort of went against him there. Yeah. Not having his top tight end, losing his top running back, the weather being bad, tough start on the road. Um, this was about as frustrating as it could be. I started him in a few places, so I'm sort of eating that right now, but I think, I think it gets better. I do Trey too. Lance. Uh, Kareem Hunt, the Browns pulled one out against the Carolina Panthers. Kareem Hunt, 70 total yards, four catches, Two touchdowns, 23 fantasy points. He kind of split snaps with, with Nick Chubb. I think they both played around 54, 55% of the snaps, something like that. I feel like the two touchdowns obviously makes a huge difference in the day, but look, can he have that touchdown upside? 
I'm not going to say 23 points a week for him, but, you know, are we going to see more Kareem Hunt than maybe we anticipated? I, I think so. I think this is real. And, and I think this is who Kareem Hunt has been for the last couple of years. And I think we always say, well, he's behind Nick Chubb. Like, in the offseason, it's easy to be like, well, Nick Chubb is their guy. Like, he's going to – but Kareem Hunt always has a role. He's always the pass, and ca- the pass catching back for the Browns. And then he always has ga- a couple of games a year like this where he'll score two touchdowns and he's an RB1. I, I think Kareem Hunt is like a great flex option. Like, because if he didn't get those two touchdowns, 11 points, like, that's, that's a solid floor – for a flex guy, but then he has the chance of always scoring a touchdown or two. I, I think Kareem Hunt is who Kareem Hunt has been. I think so, too. I do think this is sort of real. Again, minus the two touchdowns, that's not going to happen every week. If it does, then they were really onto something. <laughs> um, but I think especially when you look at the offense with Jacoby Brissett, uh, you know, Amari Cooper really didn't offer much, which I don't think surprised either of us. Um this is not going to be a very vertical passing game, right? There, there are going to be a lot of short throws, a lot of safe throws. And that means Kareem Hunt's going to get opportunity there. Uh, they have a very specific division of labor in Cleveland. Nick Chubb is the guy who's going to run the football. He's going to run between the tackles. He's going to run hard. He'll get you yards after contact. All of that. Kareem Hunt will get a few carries in there. But as you mentioned, his job is mostly to come in, catch the football, especially late in the game, third down situations. So that backfield is sort of easy to figure. So I think what we saw yesterday is going to be sort of what we see all year long from Kareem Hunt. All right, this is the big one in Houston. We spent so much time beating the drum for Damian Pierce. It got out of control. I think we all sort of recognized that we created a monster that we could not (laughs) control after a while. And Adam Rank called it last week on Fantasy Live saying that he was just penciling in Rex Burkhead for a big day. We were all going to sit around on That Helps No One and lament what we did. Uh, Rex Burkhead played 68% of the snaps. He had 19 total touches, five catches, 70 total yards. Damian Pierce was a major letdown in week one for anybody who started him. So now we're left picking up the pieces. With Rex Burkhead, what we saw, is that real or a mirage? I think it's real for now. It's not going to last. I I fully still believe Damian Pierce is going to lead this backfield in touches at the end of the year. It's just they're they're doing this weird thing coaches do where they make the the rookie earn the work and all of that. Uh, Because, look, Rex Burkhead played better than we expected, but – 70 yards on 19 touches is not is not very efficient. <laughs> like, it, it's just not. It's pure volume-based, and he, he's good in the passing games. I think Damian Pierce is better. Um, I, I think for right now, Rex Burkhead can be picked up and maybe used as a flex at best, but I would be holding Damian Pierce. I, I wouldn't be starting him until we see him get more work, but I would be 100% holding him, not even thinking about dropping him. Yet. So we're still going Rex in the flex in the short term. <laughs> um yeah, I still believe in Damian Pierce. I mean, I think over the course of the season, like you said, we will see him sort of take over in that backfield. I was surprised to see Burkhead as much as we did in week one. Um, you know, But I guess it, it holds true, right? Whenever we love something so much in fantasy, it just is bound to go the other way. Uh, so I was a little bit surprised to see Burkhead get as much work as he did. Maybe it happens again next week, but I think, I think when we get into middle October – We'll see it flip a little bit more, and I yeah. think Pierce closes that gap and starts to get more opportunity. So uh, I guess this is, is real for now, but it is, it is fading into the land of mirage uh, really quickly. Last one, Curtis Samuel. And we talked about Carson Wentz earlier. We talked about those wide receivers. I mean, we, we all were drafting Terry McLaurin. Uh, I know Jahan Dotson was very popular amongst the dynasty set. But Curtis Samuel had a pretty nice day. Eight catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Four carries for 17 yards, and part of his appeal had been throughout his career is that you can sort of use him as a dual threat uh, receiver slash running back. 19 fantasy points. Um, I mean, is this real? Is this a mirage? Does this all depend on Carson Wentz? Where are we, where are we going? I think it's real, but it all depends on Carson Wentz. Because when the, <laughs> the weeks where Carson Wentz struggles, I, I think those pass catchers are going to struggle. But the thing I, I think we forget about Curtis Samuel is that we all loved him just like two years ago Mm -hmm. and, and not to like Matt Harmon, uh, who we all love for wide receivers, your boy, like he was on Curtis Samuel. And the only knock since then has been Samuel hasn't been able to stay healthy, but when he's on the field, he is a productive piece. So I believe as long as he stays healthy, he is going to be utilized in this offense. And I love that they're taking advantage of his rushing capabilities as well, because he did play running back in college. So 
I, I think there's reason to get excited for Curtis Samuel. I would definitely be targeting him on the waiver wire if I need a receiver. It's, it's weird because we're, we're talking about the commander's offense and, and pieces that you can sort of use from there. I like the fact that they, they used Samuel as a running back. I also like the fact that it sort of works in tandem that they used Antonio Gibson as a downfield receiving yeah. threat. You know, like that's a thing that we had been asking for for the last couple of years. Like, why aren't you taking the guy who was a college wide receiver? and letting him run some routes and getting him the ball downfield. So maybe if they're starting to mix things up, this offense gets really kind of interesting, and, and we have a lot of usable pieces. The, the, the talent they have, could, like you could do, like just, you could just be like audible, and then Antonio Gibson runs out, now he's a receiver, Samuel could line up in the back. Like you, ha you could play positionless football with the roster they have there, and, and it would be a lot of fun, I think. It really would be a lot of fun. Wow, we're, we're talking about the Washington Commanders <laughs> and being fun. fun. Being fun. <laughs> Words I haven't said in a really, really long time. Uh, speaking of fun, the waiver wire. I don't know if that's fun or not, but uh, that was my segue. We're going to take a break and come back and look at some waiver wire targets next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot. And now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Oh, that's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, so Florio, walk me through your top waiver wire targets for the week. Jameis Winston, who we both like and had a good game. Marcus Mariota, who we talked about. Daniel Jones, because he's running the ball there in New York. Daryl Henderson Jr., Rex Burkhead we talked about. Kenyon Drake was the lead back. Khalil Herbert played really well. Kenneth Gainwell also looked good in his role. Isaiah Pacheco and Dontrell Hilliard, some running backs who uh, got more opportunity than expected. And then going on to the receivers and tight ends, Romeo Dobbs uh, leading the way there in Green Bay, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, We spend a lot of time talking about the commanders, guys. DJ Chark, who had a really impressive touchdown catch. Devin Duvernay, who looks like the wide receiver, two in Baltimore. Kyle Phillips, as advertised in the preseason. And then Gerald Everett, who looked good and now with no Keenan Allen next week. And then Hayden Hurst and tight end Taysom Hill Whoa. rounding out the list. Tight end Taysom Hill, who was like running back Taysom Hill uh, with 80 rushing yards. <laughs> it doesn't matter what position you list him as. He is going to ruin someone's day. He's going to ruin your day. That's all it is. <laughs> Uh, so we've talked a lot about the commanders. Let's talk about the commanders some more because Jahan Dotson was on that list. And I said earlier, he was definitely a favorite, uh, among dynasty folks, but, uh, with what he did and look, I know people liked his skills. We just didn't know what to expect from the offense, but maybe now we actually have to pay attention to Jahan Dotson. We really could be talking about three viable 
wide receivers from the commanders now. Yeah, and, and the thing about Dotson, as much as we spoke up Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel was the third wide receiver here. He played the third amount of snaps, whereas Dotson and Terry McLaurin were not coming off the field. So so those are your two wide receiver sets right there. I, and only five targets, but two impressive touchdown catches. I think he's got a lot of upside. It might be a little bit rocky some weeks, when, like we said, when Carson Wentz struggles, but the upside is always there. And he was he was picking up yards in chunks. And you, you talk about the target volume. that It's not necessarily high, but if he's getting downfield shots, if he's getting shots toward the end zone, then that's going to make a big difference uh, in what his production can be. Kenneth Gainwell on the list as well. Uh, first off, newsflash, Miles Sanders scored a touchdown. That's amazing. I did Con not think that was allowed. Right? I didn't think it was part of the rules. I thought the bylaws forbid that, but congratulations to him. But Kenneth Gainwell uh, still did get a lot of work. There is opportunity for both of them, um, but Boston Scott might be the fly in the ointment. But at least for now, Kenneth Gainwell still has viability. Yeah, I mean, the, the five carries, it's all right, but the four targets are what we really liked. Uh, he had four targets. The other running backs combined just had two. So he clearly has carved out a role there. And this was a game where I know it ended up being close, but the Eagles were playing through with a lead throughout. And at some point it was a multiple touchdown lead. So that's not really a game where you're going to be throwing the ball a bunch to your running backs. I, I think Gainwell uh, is someone worth targeting. But you talked about Miles Sanders scoring a touchdown. The Eagles had four rushing touchdowns yesterday, and four different players scored them. Like, that is a nightmare for fantasy. <laughs> Absolutely a nightmare for fantasy if we're going to spread the touchdown love around like that. Real quick, because you had Devin Duvernay on the list, too. And Rashad Bateman had a, a decent game, but Duvernay uh, ended up having the bigger fantasy game. Is there room for a third pass catcher in the Baltimore passing game this year? So Duvernay only had four targets, and you don't love that. But again, this was a game where it was never close for Baltimore. Like they, they it was in the bag early on. Uh, I, I think he's worth taking a, a speculation flyer on because last year, Mark Andrews was great, Marquise Brown was really good, and there was at times where Rashad Bateman was still. I know he was hurt, but he was fantasy useful. Uh, at certain times. So I would be taking a flyer on Devin Duvernay. I mean, last year, Marquise Brown had, I think, like a 30-something 30, 30 percent target share, low 30s. Uh, it's just hard to think that somehow Rashad Bateman is going to come in and absorb that many targets by yeah. himself. So Duvernay, I think, very much could be in play. Uh, you know, I, I sort of like them you know, at some points of the preseason. I, not enough to draft him in a ton of spots, uh, but I did take some shots on him uh, in a few spots. So who knows? Maybe it pays off somewhere later on in the year. All right, it's time for some overreaction theater. We're going to go back through the things that we saw over the weekend, and uh, we're going to decide whether or not it's time to panic or not about some of these things. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers, because let's just be honest, it was not great for the Green Bay offense on Sunday. Um, so that means, because of what we saw, Aaron Rodgers is droppable. I mean, I know he was your QB 13 to start the year, so he's obviously not a QB 1. Uh, it was not a great day for him on Sunday. So we can just forget about it. We can just call it a wrap, and Aaron Rodgers can go back to the waiver wire now. I, I think so. Uh, no, um, that's an overreaction. Someone yesterday tweeted me, and they were like, can I get rid of him? He looked awful. And I, I was like, well, last year he won the MVP, and in week one, he threw for 133 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. I, I don't know if this is a thing with him where he just comes out hungover from the offseason and winning his MVPs and doesn't like to play in week one. Uh, I will say I was very concerned, not for Rodgers, but the pass catchers weren't yeah. doing much. Uh, the O-line also struggled for him, but I, I still think Rodgers will be getting close to Rodgers at some point. Look, you don't win back-to-back -back MVPs. You don't hang around in this league this long. You're not a, a first ballot Hall of Famer because you can't figure out how to bounce back from bad games. And, and it was a bad game for him on Sunday. There's no, there's no bones about it. I mean, he's the QB 30, I think, right now as we sit here heading into Monday Night Football. Do not drop Aaron Rodgers. If you drafted him, do not drop him. Did you see he got a haircut before the game? He did. Maybe that's why. Maybe he needs to go back to the long hair. I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah. People were saying he looked like Nick Cage. I see that. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of comparisons. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but whatever it is, he's got to switch it up now, man, because whatever happened on Sunday didn't, didn't work. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are going to sink your fantasy team. Now, so when I, when I put this in the rundown on Sunday, they were just playing badly. Now Dak is hurt out for multiple weeks. We talked about this at the top of the show. This feels 
this doesn't feel like an overreaction anymore. I was gonna say, when we were talking about this last night, like in the second quarter of the game, I was like, oh, this is 100% an overreaction. They'll be fine. Now I'm like, no, they they very well might sink your team. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm still going to start CeeDee Lamb if I have him, but like, I don't feel great about it anymore. And the same thing with all of the Cowboys. The only one I'm not super worried about is Dalton Schultz, and that's mainly because he's a tight end, and I think he can get you like eight to nine points a game. But – yeah, it's it it could get very ugly in, it, in it Dallas. It might get really bad with no Dak. I mean, it was it was going to be hard enough with Dak when you figure their targets were pretty much going to be Lamb and Schultz. That's it with maybe some Pollard sprinkled in. Now you've got Cooper Rush with very few targets and places to go with the football. This seems like a bad deal. So, yeah, you know, in the, in the space of like 12 hours, uh, this went from an overreaction to, no, this this feels about right right now. Yeah, and, and also preseason uh, darling Jalen Tolbert inactive in week one. Apparently things have not gone well for him uh, <laughs> in practices since we all hyped him up. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Julio Jones looks like Julio Jones again. I said before the show he looks like the Julio of old and not just old Julio. Julio Jones is Tampa Bay's wide receiver one. This is a very slight overreaction, only because it's Mike Evans, but Julio Jones is their 1B right now. I, I truly believe that. Like, when Chris Godwin was out there early on, he was playing, like, half the snaps. Russell Gage was on a milk carton. Like, this is what we were saying. Like, people were saying, oh, well, Russell Gage is going to play ahead of Julio. No, Julio was a top seven. His top speed yesterday was the seventh best in week one so far. Julio is not washed. Julio is making downfield catches. They're running end arounds for him. He is a big part of this offense. And now Chris Godwin, who I think it was a mistake to have him play last night. Mm -hmm. I thought that even before he got hurt. Now he's suffered a hamstring injury. Take your time with this guy. You're, you're a Super Bowl contender. You're not playing for September. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Godwin for a couple of weeks. And that's just going to lead to more and more work for Julio Jones. Yeah, I think the Godwin narrative is very similar to what we're talking about with Keenan Allen in that if you're Tampa, you do have aspirations to be playing into January and February. There's no need to rush it for September, especially when you have the weapons that you do. When you've got Mike Evans and Julio and Leonard Fournette and you know, Russell Gage, you've got so many places to go with the football. There's no need to rush him back. As for Julio Jones... Yeah, he still has something left in the tank. Now, for Julio the last couple of years, it's been a series of nagging injuries that have held him back. So, look, if they've got him on this TB12 training method now, <laughs> then maybe we don't have to worry about that. But in terms of what he can give you when he's healthy and on the field, um, yeah, he's still really, really good. And, and what I loved how they used him. Like some, I, I just think some teams are smarter than others. And, and the Bucs only let him play 52% of the snaps. They're not asking him to run block. Like, they're pulling him off. And that's something I noticed the Bills were doing when I was at the game. I was like, why is Diggs off the field so much? And I was like, oh, they're not asking him to run block. And I think that's genius. Like, that's the only thing that could happen there is your receiver gets hurt. Like, there's why put your, the stress, especially Julio, someone who has been banged up. Like, the Titans last year were asking him to block a whole bunch. He's being used in a very smart way, I think, here. They're controlling him. They're, they're picking and choosing their spots, and I think that can Julio can thrive in that role. Let your prime talent do what they do best and not risk them at things that, yeah. that they don't excel at, where it's just there's only downside. Kadarius Toney, I know this is your dude, that you loved him in the offseason. Um he was very much hyped. You weren't the only person hyping him. There were a lot of people that were on the Tony train. Kadarius Tony is the new Brandon Ayuk, as in he's that guy that people hyped up all offseason who is going to break our hearts, at least after week one. That appears to be for real. It, it really does appear to be the case. And look, I, I'm going to talk directly to you, Brian Dable. I know you won yesterday. You're feeling great today. You can't continue to win with Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Richie James being your three wide receiver sets. You bring Kadarius Toney in. He breaks a bazillion tackles. He picks up 20 yards on a play that should have been for a loss. And you're like, you know what? We need Richie James back on this field. No, stop it. I don't care what he's doing and why he hasn't earned your trust. He's by far your best receiver, your most explosive option. Please, for my sake, use him more. <laughs> there was a play yesterday where they, they hit him on a little swing pass, and it was sort of blocked off. And he turned the corner, comes back the other way, and picks up like 10, 15 yards. And it's like, oh, this dude only played seven snaps. And really, it didn't matter. Like, Wandale Robinson got hurt, and that didn't really change things for Kadarius Toney. He still pretty much spent most of his days sitting on the bench, uh, you know, looking salty. And 
I don't know what he could have done. Like, when you watch Kenny Galladay play, how is it possible that anyone gives less effort than Kenny Galladay? <laughs> I don't know. But apparently they seem to – they like him more. They trust him more than they trust Kadarius Tony. I don't get it. But this appears to be the thing. We'll see what happens next week. But uh, he really is – in the doghouse. Yeah. And this is a new coaching staff, too. Like, you would think this is a chance to sort of get in good here, but apparently not for Tony. I, I'm not dropping him, though. I, and I know I'm I'm the Kadarius Tony guy. Mm -hmm. I, I'm holding him tight. There's no way I'm starting him in week two. No. Uh, you have to see him be out there and be used more. Um, but but I'm not dropping him yet. I think dropping him would be overreacting. All right. Uh, last one. We, we sort of touched on this earlier, but Devin DuVernay is the Ravens pass catcher to have. And I'm going to – look, this is overreaction theater. I'm saying over Mark Andrews. You know what? You spent the <laughs> second or third round pick on Mark Andrews. You screwed up. You should have spent that pick on Devin Duvernay because he's the dude that you want to have. You know, they all were pretty – like They were pretty good. <laughs> 54, 59 yards. They were very close. Uh, I, I think Duvernay is going to be that third guy. I, I, I don't think he's the one you want to own. I still think that's Mark Andrews. But, man, if Bateman didn't have that long touchdown catch, we're talking about Bateman as the overreaction theater today, not Duvernay. So the fact that Duvernay's getting deep balls and stuff in this offense, I, I think he he's definitely someone to take notice of. Yeah, I, look, I think, I think he is still the third guy. But if you're playing in a deeper league, he should be on rosters. And I think he's going to be a very popular waiver wire pickup this week. Uh, and it makes sense because it looks like – Lamar Jackson's going to spread the football around. Mark Andrews still the number one guy. I think Bateman behind him. But DuVernay, I think, is going to be viable for uh, a good stretch of the season. Uh, one more. We get a bonus one thrown in here. Taysom Hill is going to be the top-scoring Saint all year long. We should have drafted Taysom Hill everywhere. Oh, So that is an overreaction. But what's not an overreaction is that Taysom Hill is going to be a nuisance all year <laughs> long. Like. There was just way too much of Taysom Hill. And like you said, he's a tight end by position. He had one target but four carries. I know a lot of it was the 57-yard run, but, like, he's stealing touchdowns away. It's, it's going to be an, an issue. I really thought this was going to go away once Sean Payton left. Like, I felt like Taysom Hill was a <laughs> Sean Payton, you know, sort of gadget. Like, hey, this is – look how smart I am. I'm Sean Payton. But now, like, this Allen is there, the head coach. And we're still dealing with this nonsense. And you're right. Like, I'm not – I'm never going to advocate that you go pick up Taysom Hill. I just can't. I, I know at a quarterback, we would never say to use him. But if he keeps getting, like, touches every week at tight end, I, I don't know. Maybe think, he becomes I, a thing. I feel like I'm going to have to put him in my sleepers column in, like, week 12, <laughs> and I'm going to feel gross about it. Like, I know it's going to happen if this keeps up. I, I don't love what it. What I can't wait is for Jameis and Andy Dalton to get hurt. And then we got, like, week 15 Taysom Hill starting quarterback at the tight end spot. Oh, that's going to be the worst. Oh, <laughs> man. Twitter's going to be on fire when he's still listed as a tight end and starting at quarterback because <laughs> the Saints have no other options. Oh, I, I hate the fact that it even was put in the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? We, uh, we got plenty of fantasy content for you all season long. In fact... We have podcasts for you basically five days a week. Of course, we've got the NFL Fantasy Football Show on Mondays and Wednesdays. But on Tuesdays and Fridays, we have the Fantasy Q&A Show, which lives in your podcast feed as a podcast. Then on Thursday, there's the Stardom Sit'em Show with Florio and Kimmy Checks. So all week long, you get plenty of fantasy goodness to plug in your ear holes. You just have to subscribe. Uh, you can find us certainly on uh, iTunes, Apple Music, whatever they're calling it now, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places that you find podcasts. So you can check us out there. In the meantime, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by Subway. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, certain people become criminals because they're just following their dreams. Hey, we'll see you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.